Welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful Growth Steps resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience original worship songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. Well, Jesus does want to change everything in your life and in mine. But I wonder if sometimes we miss out on seeing that actually happen. I wonder if we miss out because we try to keep God in a, in a safe, confined little box in our lives. We call it maybe our spiritual life or our religion. And we keep it just kind of tight and manageable and something we can control that's confined and quarantined. And, and I wonder if maybe that's why we don't see Jesus break out and really change more in our lives. It was Shelley Lumpkin and Oliver Browning of Texas who recently walked their leashed bull into a Houston area petco. They, they wanted to test the guideline there that said all leashed pets are welcome in the store. They wanted to test that. So they, they brought their bull, check it out. As you can see, they were welcomed with open arms, and their 1,600-pound bull was welcomed with them. I mean, that's crazy. Who thinks about doing something like that, right? I mean, that's, that's wild. And, and, you know, I think the thing that caught my attention when I, when I first saw that was, was that this big of an animal does not belong in that small of a space. I, th I think that's why it made news headlines, because it wouldn't have made news if someone would have brought their dog in there, because that's what people do in a pet store. But when you bring a 1,600-pound animal in a small space like that, it just doesn't belong. It just doesn't fit there. That animal needs more space. It wants more space to move. And, and you know, Jesus who he wants to be in your life and who he actually is, is something so much bigger, something so much greater. He does not want to be confined into a small, manageable space in your life. He wants to break loose and run free in your spirit and in your life and to really change everything. 
And, and when I saw that, I was like, man, that, that thing needs, it needs a pasture to run in. It needs more space. And, and God wants more room in your life. That's what he wants today. He wants to take more ground in your life. He wants you to surrender more to him and walk more with him. And when you do that, listen, here's the amazing thing. Jesus will take whatever you give him and he will multiply it and do greater things in your life than what you can even imagine. But he needs you to give it to him. He needs you to surrender your life more to him so that he can do bigger things and he can work in greater ways in your life because he is more and he wants to do more in us. Well, I hope that all of us can experience more of Jesus and see Jesus changing more in our families and our lives and in our homes. I mean, that's, that's what we want and, and that's, that's what I want for our church. And so, so how do we access that more? How do we see Jesus do more? How do we give him more space in our life? How do we allow him to do more in our life? Well, well in this teaching series, we've been talking about prayer. And that divine connection, connecting to that, that power supply that's unlimited in God and allowing him to flow in and through us. And that's, that's what's really going to change us. But, but we also, we, we access through that, through a hunger. See, see we have to have this, this hunger to go and get it. Like, it's not just going to happen in your life. I mean, what good things in your life do happen just naturally by themselves? It requires an investment for you to really dig in. And I, I want to look at this verse here to begin in Luke 11. Chapter 1, where Jesus is teaching uh, his disciples, and there's something really interesting that happens in this interaction, and I'm going to read the whole of it, but just for the moment, I want to read verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And I just want to pause right there. I, I love that, that two-word statement, teach us, teach us. And you can imagine they've been hanging out with Jesus. They, they're watching his connection. And while he was praying, you know, this disciple waited until he was finished. So you kind of imagine maybe he's behind a rock or a tree. He doesn't want to be creepy and spy on Jesus. But he's kind of like, that's just so cool. Whatever he's doing right now, I want some of that. Like he's, he's got it going on. There's this connection. There's something different about that experience that he's having with the Father. I want in on that. And you can kind of picture this disciple. I don't know. I kind of picture maybe it was Peter because Peter was always stepping into stuff. You know, like, hey, I'll step out of the Oh, Jesus, come on, let's go. I picture Peter's kind of like, you know, peeking around the tree. All right, is he done? Oh, no, he's not. He's still going. Man, he's still going. That's, he's been going a long time. Is he done? No, not done. Okay, he's done. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, before we go on and do some more miracles, just, just help me out. Like, teach me to pray. I, I want that. And, and when you get a hunger like that, man, God will pour into your life when there's this openness, this receptiveness. But, but there's got to be a hunger there. Jesus, teach me. And, and if you want him to do more in your life, if you want Jesus to do more, and that's what I want, and I hope that's what you want, is that we, we got to have this humility and, and teachability about us. Like, Jesus, teach me to pray. I want more of you in your presence. You know, we train for how to pray. We don't just try harder. Some people would leave and be misinformed to think, well, I just, Brandon was saying today, I just got to try harder. And it's, it's not like that. I mean, there's effort involved, but it's, we have to train. We have to learn some things and be equipped, and we have to grow. I mean, for example, I, I need to ask and answer some questions. If I'm going to train how to pray and connect more with my father, if, if I'm going to be open to him doing more in my life, I have to, you know, when am I going to pray? Well, when am I going to pray? That, that needs to be two things. It needs to be, one, all the time, walking in the Spirit, you know, connecting with the Father all the time as I go, come and go in little moments here and there, filling in the gaps. We've been talking about that in this teaching series just throughout my day. So it needs to be all the time, but then it also has to be in a, a specific 
a specific time. I need to set aside time. I mean, if you're going to go on a date with somebody you care about or you're going to have an important meeting at work, you, you put it on the calendar. Hey, we're going to meet up at 2 o'clock. But sometimes we get to the end of our day and we've had all these other important appointments and you went to the dentist and you did all these different things that were on the calendar. And then at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm tired. I don't have time for God. And part of that is maybe prioritization, but also it's planning. Because if I'm not planning to spend time with Jesus, I shouldn't be surprised when I get to the end of my day and I haven't spent time with him. But as I spend time with him and I schedule time with him out of the overflow of the consistency of that, then I'm going to start putting him in in other places in my day because I'm going to do like kind of what Peter, whoever disciple was watching Jesus, they're like, wow, man, that, 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 I want more of that. That's how you get that hunger is you actually practice it. And, and when you practice prayer and you spend more time praying, then what happens is like, well, that's so good. I want more of that. It's like taking a bite out of a good steak. It's like, I want some more of that. That was really good. It's like you get this experience with him that fills you. And, and, but, but you need to also ask and answer not only when, but where. Where am I going to pray? If you want to train to pray, you want that more of God in your life, then you have to train. And it's not just when, but it's where. And again, there's two answers. The one is like everywhere, <laughs> all the time. I'm all, always got to be praying and walking in the Spirit and connecting with my Father. And, and that, that should just be, you know, walking in the Spirit. That's what that is, just all the time, continually praying. But it's also at a certain place. You should have a place. It doesn't have to be the same place every day or for the, your whole life. But, but you should know, like, tomorrow I'm going to have this appointment at this time in this place with my Father. And maybe it's more than one, but I, I know that there's going to be a place and time. I mean, check out verse 1 again. If you look back, you might have overlooked this. It says, Jesus was praying in a certain place. So, so he had his place, and, and maybe that place changed as he traveled around, but it says that he was praying in a certain place, and he had his spot. And I don't know, maybe that was knelt next to this you know, lake or something like that, or up on a mountainside. We, we found other stories of him in the, in the Bible escaping to a mountainside to pray. Like, but, but he had at least a space, a certain space. Which, what's your space? Are you going to let another week roll by without meeting with the Father in a time and a place? Um, try, but also train for it. Train for it. Another question we have to ask and answer is how? How am I going to pray? Do I have a plan? And, and, and Jesus responded really kind of with a plan. It was really like, I think, meant to be a template, not like you have to pray these exact words. In fact, maybe that's why when this Lord's Prayer is recorded in a couple different places in Scripture, we don't get the exact same words, like literal exact words. And maybe that was for a divine reason. So it's like, well, don't make this a religion thing where you just pray that prayer and then, then you're done and you move on. It's not meant to be like that. He's saying, I'm just trying to show you how to connect with the Father. I'm giving you different aspects of prayer. In fact, I chose to read it probably in the less uh, read uh, format of Luke 11. You can read it in the, in the Gospels elsewhere and, and read probably the one you're more familiar with quoting. But this is what, what um, Luke records. He says, uh, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So here, Jesus is providing help. He's equipping us. So I, I want to listen. If I'm hungry for this, I want to listen and say, okay, Jesus, what is it that, that you're trying to communicate to me here about my relationship with my Father? What do I need to know? And, and I see that he's got all kinds of things in here. He's got praise. Hallowed be your name. I'm, I'm praying for the kingdom of God to move forward. Your kingdom come, God. It's, a, it's about his will and my will and this, this connection here. God, I, I want your will, not mine. It's, it's in there. Um, give us each day our daily bread. So I'm bringing them into today. What's happening? I'm, I'm asking for provision and the needs in my life. 
Verse four, forgive us our sins. So we're dealing with spiritual surgery here is going on in my life. And I'm also talking about maybe some brokenness in my life, you know, relationship to other people here as I forgive others. So that's going into my relational world. Lead us not into temptation. So he's talking about the real struggles and the problems. So you can see here he's, he's not just asking the father for something. Uh, it's not just, just singing a song. There's so much more happening going on in this prayer. And, and, and I need... I need all this. I need consistency. So the consistency, meaning uh, this, this template of prayer here, something consistent. He's, Jesus would often meet with the Father. There's a time and a place. So I need that. But then I also need variety in my prayer life. So if I, I want my prayer life to be rich, i got to have variety. There's all these different aspects of connecting with the Father, not just asking him for stuff. Like it's, There's a lot going on there. And your personality might tend to fall on one side or the other. You think about some people are naturally a little more consistent and disciplined and rigid and things like that. And so they might have, uh, they might have more success in the consistency part and the time and the place is good for them and they got a, a, you know, a flow going. But then they might need to mix in, if that's you, more variety because that, that variety will enrich and enliven your prayer life and keep it fresh. Some people are great at that part. They're always doing something different and it's always fresh. It's something new and, and it's, it's changing all the time. But they have a hard time being consistent and then they, they might go for a few days but then they have a great time with God, you know, out on the beach and loving Jesus at sunset but then they'll see him until next week. And so I, I don't know like where you might struggle in your personality but just being aware of that gets you a lot further down the field. So where for you is the challenge? Is it more in finding uh, consistency or is it, is it more in including variety? And, and maybe it's probably some of all of that for each of us. But, you know, I look at this Lord's Prayer here as we call it, and it's got a variety of you know, topics, if you will, of connecting with the Father, and I love that. It kinda, you, you can use that and evaluate as a grid maybe on your prayer life. How am I doing? Where am I, where am I I'm not taking advantage of my connection with my Father? Where have maybe I drifted into one lane and just, I'm just focusing on one part of my prayer life? I kind of was thinking about it like if it was in terms of food. You know, we were taught since children, here's the five food groups, and, you know, you need your fruit and your veggies and your dairy and all these different things. But, but what if this was kind of like these, you know, you could say five things here. You can put them in bigger categories. There's, there's probably more than even just that. But, but, but let's say it was like five things here that he mentions. Where are you malnourished spiritually? You think about it. Is my prayer life all just asking for God, and I'm strong at that, but that's all I do? Or am I just praising God? Am I, am I thanking him? Like, what, what, what aspects here maybe in your spiritual diet if, if you want to kind of go that direction when it comes to my prayer life, where am I weak at? Where do I need to grow? Because here's the lesson. It's in your teaching notes. Variety enriches my, my prayer life. Maybe you want to write that down and circle that word variety. Variety, it, it enriches my prayer life. When I can connect with my father and it's not just the same thing all the time and just asking him stuff. I mean, that little change, just knowing like, man, I am free. We talked about that in the series. I'm free to come to the father through Jesus and I can come confidently. So I can bring whatever's going on in my life and my heart. That's, that's so good. So if that's what the Father wants, if he wants that, that variety in my prayer life and that, that connection with him in every aspect of who I am, then, then that small change alone, that can be a catalyst to really bring new growth in my life. Because maybe there's a part of my life that I have not brought God into that through prayer now I can have him access that. One small change, we say sometimes that small tweaks take you to higher peaks. You know, for example, we, have, we had this teaching series uh, quite a while back called Oversexed and Underloved. 
over sex and under love. And there was a couple that had been with us for a while in the church and they're still with us. And I asked them, I was like, so how, you guys have been coming a while now. Like, when did you first start coming to church experience? And they said, well, we came during that one series. You know, that one, um, I could tell it was like awkward. They didn't want to say it. And they're like, that we came during over sex and underpaid. And I was like, no, that's not what it was called. You got, you got a word wrong there. It wasn't over, uh, underpaid. It was under love. Like, you just changed the word. That changes everything. That, that changes the whole meaning. We did not go there. We were, we were over here, you know, helping people. This is, that's not good. So, you know, just one, one little word can change. I mean, you know this. You've done the autocorrect thing, and, you know, like, you texted somebody. And you're like, no, I did not say that. And you're like, call them, dude. Listen, don't read. Just delete my text. I did not. Autocorrect just got me again. It's like one, one little tweak, you know, can change everything. And, and, and what if? What if you've been following Jesus for a long time? Maybe, maybe it's new to you, but, but let's say you've been following him a long time. And, and you think, well, I've kind of got all there is out of God. God's like, well, that's, you've only experienced like this much of me. If you could just kind of zoom out and just kind of realize that I want to be so much more in your life. I mean, I could really pour a lot more into you. I mean, you give me more to work with. If you're just sitting around like every day before a meal thanking me and then every night before you go to bed giving me your top 10 wish list, like Christmas wish list, that that's all you're giving me, I'll work with that. But I could just be a lot more in your life. I could do a lot more. And so I, I love this. You know, the variety is going to enrich, it's going to enrich my prayer life. It's going to enrich my prayer life. It's going to help me so much more. Well, that's what I want for us today because Jesus changes everything. He changes everything in prayer, but, but i got to learn how to seek him. And I think maybe a reason why a lot of people don't pray more is because we don't know how to pray. We, we don't know what to say. I think about my first date with Jennifer. I was so stunned. I just kept asking her, how you doing? Like seven times, how you doing? I just didn't, I didn't have anything else. I was just, you know, mesmerized. And, you know, here we are 16 years later. I got like five questions now, but she still amazes me. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes we just don't know what to say. You know, we're across from the table, so to speak, with God. And it's like, well, what else is there? And, and so that's what I want to spend the rest of our time on. And, and hopefully you can walk away today with a few tools to help you in that. But I, I just would like to say, I'm going to give you a few here briefly, but but there's even more. There's just a lot more that you, for you to go and get. So here, let's, let's look at an element of prayer that's really powerful. In Luke 17, if we turn a few pages to the right in Luke's story, the gospel here of Jesus. In Luke 17, down in verse 11, it says about Jesus, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Now, just pause there. People with leprosy were not allowed to live in walled cities. Sometimes they could live in villages, and that's where these guys were gathered. They were outcasts. They were rejected because of this skin disease that they had. The skin disease was horrible. It would invade your body a piece at a time. It would, you'd get these white speckles on your, on your eyelids or on your palms, and it would go throughout your area. And anywhere it invades, it would, the, the, the hair would turn white. And so you, it was very clear that you had it. it was, you'd have these sores on your body, very visible. And it would start on the outside, but then the worst part is it would go into the inner parts of your body, and it would slowly basically eat you away from the inside out piecemeal. And, and it would just destroy you. And it was, it was, it was a bad thing. And, and these people were outside of these cities because they didn't want to pass on this disease to others. And if you look down in uh, verse 12, it says, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. So they, they knew not to get too close. They didn't want to pass this on to someone, but they called out in loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. They'd heard the stories. They'd heard about Jesus healing people, maybe healing other lepers at this point already. And, and it says, when, when he saw them, when Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests, and as they went, they were cleansed. 
One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. You know, some people think that this, because the Jews looked at leprosy as a sign of God's punishment, maybe of some certain sin that they had committed, and, and, that, and that not only just a punishment of sin, but this, was, this disease specifically was thought of by the Jews specifically as uh, something that was showing the displeasure and the wrath of God in someone's life. And one Bible commentator I read on this, they said, you know, maybe that's why Jesus took uh, such priority in healing lepers because he came to forgive sin and he came to, to turn away God's wrath for sin. And, and so maybe he took an extra step to seek out those who were outcasts in society and those who others thought, well, that must be, surely must be God's judgment. And Jesus is saying, well, well we're all deserving a judgment, but listen, like, I, I, I can heal, I can forgive. And, and maybe that was like part of kind of like his main mission to seek and to save the lost, Luke 19, 10. But maybe this was like a part of his mission. I want to especially reach out to those who are outcasts, who, who feel lonely and and, and rejected by others. And maybe you come in here today and you, and you feel, I don't know if I belong. Listen, you belong with Jesus. Like if there's any safe place to go to when you're hurting and broken and you feel disconnected and lonely, listen, come, come to Jesus, come to his church because, I mean, that's, that's what he longs for is to connect people and care for people and everyone matters to him. I mean, that's, that's it. And, and so Jesus here, he, he heals all these 10 guys. And, and I just think this is funny. Like the one comes back and, Thank you, Jesus. This is incredible. Like, I'm free. Like, I can be normal again. I can go back into civilization. He's just there. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus kind of, like, interrupts him almost. He's like, well, this is awesome, but where's all your buddies at? I mean, where all the, I did not heal 10 people. Where did they all go? And he knew, but, but he says, you know, this, this one gave thanks. And, and you know, I, for me, for me, and I hope this is for you too, but for me, I, I want to be, I want to be the one. I want to I be the one. I want to come and, and give thanks to the Father. And I just put it in a question format in my notes. And, am I the one to return with thanks? Like that needs to be a part of my, my prayer. I think most naturally is like to ask God for stuff. But what about all the things he's already done in our lives? Do we thank him? What, what a beautiful part of our prayer life just to thank him and praise him for what he has done. What he's already been doing in our life. Think about all the many blessings, even on our worst days. Maybe it would be helpful just for me to list a few of them. You know, think about, if nothing else, he gave us the grace of Jesus. Through Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, our sin penalty, the wrath of God that was pointed at us, God poured out on him instead as he hung on the cross. And so when I place my faith in him, I can be forgiven of my sins and, and wash clean and have the hope of heaven. I mean, this is, this is itself, his grace is more than enough. But on top of that, we have life he gave us. We have health that he gave us, health to, to be here today. That's incredible. Material provisions, food and shelter and transportation, things we take for granted that's, that's so good. Relationships, family and friends, a, a church family and coworkers. I mean, this is so good. A free country with, with rights and laws and law enforcement to protect people. I mean, and military. I mean, all those things. In fact, even if we could just, I know that can be a controversial thing, like talking about our country and there's like this division now with politics is so strong on both sides. But even just look at the headlines, what they've been, the sides have been fighting about most, uh, 
probably at the top of the list over this last year, it's, it's, it's immigration, right? And should we build a wall or not? And, you know, we're shutting the government down over this. And how many people should we let in? And how should we let them in? That's kind of what the whole argument is about. But if we could step back from the two sides for a second and think about this. Just, we're talking about gratefulness. Like, we're having this conversation because there's people that are fighting to get into our country because they want to live here. And we already live here, so we should be thankful. God, I'm here in a place where people are trying to get in. Thank you, God, so much that I have this free country to live in where there's opportunity. Thank you, God. People would give their life to bring their families here, and I'm just so grateful that I live here. Thank you, Jesus. What about the era we live in? This generation that, 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 that we have been born into. I didn't choose when I was born. I just kind of showed up and I, rem- I started remembering things about three, you know, three or four years old. Like, okay, I'm, I'm here. Here we go. Let's do this. But I didn't choose any of that. Like, that was all God. And, and this era was so many things like medicines and hospitals. I mean, everybody's complaining about healthcare costs. And I know it's just so crazy. But the fact that we live in a country where they can do brain surgery and heart transplants and like that wasn't you just died back in the day and they can even when you get it like a toothache or something they could come in and they can uh, but it used to be it's like just come on you know just pull it out you know that was kind of how they did it and, and the internet then inter- that shouldn't even happen that we can be live streaming the final four basketball games from you know minnesota it's just like all the way down here it's, it simultaneously happen. you can get on the phone and talk to somebody like we thank you god that we live in this generation we can use all that for your glory Nature. Think about nature, like, especially, come on, if you live here, like, wow, like, we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. I mean, TripAdvisor users voted Clearwater Beach the number one beach in America, and that's, like, right down the street, like, thank you, God, that we live here. And can I just say something? I gotta get this out of my chest. Like, I think we've taken the local thing too far. Okay, I know that the tourists can be crazy and traffic and all that, but, but people are like crazy about being local and we eat at local places and we, we want to be local. But people are like going out to Honeymoon Island and no disrespect, I love Honeymoon Island. It's like a beautiful place, but, but like we'll go out there. I've just noticed now that I've lived here over five years, like the locals will go out there and it's like, I'm here at the local beach and the tourists don't know about it. It's not that they don't know about it, right? I mean, you're walking around in these sharp rocks at Honeymoon Island. You're like, nobody knows. And you're laying out, cutting your back. And it's like, it's not that they don't know. It's they come here for the better beach. They go down to the one that's got sand. I'm just saying, I'm just, I had to say that, but I love Honeymoon Island. It's great. Just prefer Clearwater Beach. So, so anyway, but nature, we live in a beautiful, I'm just having fun. We, we, we live in a beautiful place. I mean, thank you, God, that I can go see a sunset over the water. And it's just so amazing. And but all these things, like more than anything, my relationship with God. Like I have a father in heaven that, that, that loves me and that, that I'm cared for. So th- that question, let me just come back again. Am I the one to return with thanks? Or am I walking around like, man, I hate my job. I hate my life. Everything's bad. And I'm just not trying to minimize problems. You see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to raise your gaze a little bit. Like, come on, let's, let's not be so focused on all the problems. Let's focus on praise. Because even when you're going through problems, if you'll praise the Lord, you'll see that he'll just kind of lift your spirit through it. It won't make it easy or perfect or anything like that. But it just, it just helps so much. So am I going to be the one? Because nine others, they were healed, but they're going on. They're going back and starting my business now. I'm going to go connect with all my friends. But one said, you know what? The only reason I can do anything good in my life is because of what happened right here between me and, and this one, Jesus. So I'm going to give him thanks, and I, I just want to be that one. Like it says in Ephesians 5.20, I hope this will be our heart, is that, you know, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm giving thanks because why? Jesus changed everything. I don't know your story, but, but man, he's changed everything in my life, and I would not be here today without Jesus, and so I want to always thank him in gratefulness for what he's done because gratefulness grows a great 
this great attitude in me, this contentment, this peace, and this joy in my soul. It's kind of like fertilizer for the soul. It just, it just does something good in you. So are you thanking God? This is just such an enriching part of our prayer life. I was taking a shower the other day, and, you know, I got to that spot where, you know, you're under the warm water. Maybe it's been a long day, and you, you're just, you know, the, you just feel the warmth, and you're, you're just peaceful. You know, it's like the, the few quiet times in our life. There's no technology. There's nothing. It's just, just warm water. And I was, I was in that spot. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, God, this, this feels, thank you, God. And, and all of a sudden, like, there was this shocking sensation that went through my whole body. I mean, I just, I was stunned and shocked. And, and what had happened is one of my kids had this great idea to fill a, a cup with cold water. And just dump it over the shower just to have some fun with dad. So I'm in this moment like, ah, I'm just, my heart is like barely still beating. I'm just shocked. You know, I'm going to die in that moment. It's just like intense. And, and, and I opened the curtain to see who it was so I can have payback later. And, but, but. You know, that, that, you know, I think in that moment, you know, like my, my, my mind often will go back to um, times where I, w- I was in this uh, mission trip in Mexico City and I, I wanted a hot shower. But they didn't have hot showers. You couldn't just turn on the, the faucet. It was this little side area of the house, and you go there in the broken up concrete, and there's a little spigot coming, a little hose thing coming out of the wall. And if you want a warm shower, what you got to do is you got to get up early about 5 a.m., and you got to put some water on the stove and let it sit for a while. And then whenever the family gets up and starts going, you go over to the shower, and there's that bucket that they've moved over now that's hot, lukewarm water, and you put a cup in there. And then you're, you're kind of simultaneously got the cold hose over your head and you're pouring the warm water to kind of mix it and make it like a, a somewhat warm shower. And it's like there's so many times where I've just gone in and whew, warm water. Oh, God, this is great. You know, just enjoying this moment. But am I, am I realizing that that's not normal for everybody around the world? Sure, like a lot of the developed world, but there's people who don't even have that convenience. There's a city of 20 million people. And a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. And, and there's worse places. And so... God, thank you for the simple things I, I take for granted. But man, there, there's, there's more. We could talk more about thankfulness, but let, let me go on to Mark chapter two for a moment. Mark chapter two, this, this is a great, this is an epic story. It, it says, verse one, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus, listen to what they do. I can't even picture this. Because of the crowd, they they couldn't get to him. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to this paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. And, and, he, and he heals him right there in that moment. Like, what a, what a crazy, what a crazy story. Like, Jesus is preaching, and they can't get to Jesus, this healer. So they, they tear a hole in the roof, and they lower their friend down to Jesus. You know, before we talk about prayer, just for a second, who are your people? That when you're going through a hard time, we'll, we'll bring you to Jesus. They're going to pray for you. They're going to surround you with love and remind you of what you need to know in those critical moments. Do you have people? You need to have some people, some believers. You don't need to have a lot, but you need to have a half a dozen people in your life that, that you can rely on in those tough times. And, you know, I think about how we've been talking about life groups here. And you'll hear more about that as we close. But, you know, life groups, there's so many great opportunities to get connected in community and build relationships. You can join a serving team, a life group, but getting people in your life to love on you. And there's, there's real practical, helpful groups, too. I mean, there's a Financial Peace University group that's starting up tonight. And they're going to meet, I think, weekly for like seven weeks. And they're going to teach people in a really important area. There's a singles group going now that's been recently started. There's all kinds of Bible studies. Uh, there's, there's a women's group. There's a men's group that's getting restarted. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. In fact, a lot of our groups are going through this 
book, I Declare War. And it's, it's talking about winning the battles within you. Man, you're going through conversations like that with other people. I mean, you're, you're getting people in your life that care about you. And how, and how do you get those people? Well, you be that person to others. You love on others. You bring others to Jesus. You pray for others, love on others. That's how you get that. We could talk a whole message on relationships, but that's where we're, not where we're going. In your notes, in, in prayer, I bring Jesus my people. I'm going to give you three, three aspects of prayer that you can include here just real fast. They're going to be so helpful. One is bring people to Jesus. That should be a big part of my prayer life, my family. I pray for them every day. I, I pray for my church family every day. I pray for our, our church. I pray for close friends and, and those in my life. And, and, and I, you know, I personally, I keep some lists. I don't pray about every list every single day. I, don't want, I want it to keep it fresh. I don't want it to feel stale and rigid and like something I have to do. It's, it's a get-to, not a have-to. And so I, I pray for uh, different people in my life. Praying for the spiritually lost. We have to fight for this because our drift is going to be towards just ourselves praying about things in our lives or maybe just a few people real close to us. So we have to pray for people who don't yet know Jesus. You know, this, if you're not careful, your prayer life can become an extension of self-centeredness. Because if I just pray about the things that I want or the things that I feel like I need, then really my prayer life is almost reinforcing that life is all about me. And so I'm just bringing God into it. So, so I think about me all the time. I do things for me. And then now my prayer life is just all about me. God hears all the things I want for me. And it's, you know, Jesus, I think he was trying to get us away from this mentality when he said, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. And, and what he's not saying is, you know, for, for us to model, my prayer life is all about my kingdom. You know, if you're not careful, your prayer life is all about you building a kingdom for you to enjoy, for your glory. Everything, all your prayer, why do you want that? Why do you think you need that? Well, because that'll make me feel better, because I want that, because I need, and, and, and I think in prayer, we have to kind of surrender that, and, and we, as we pray for others, that breaks that. We pray for especially the spiritually lost. In fact, uh, Kerry Newhoff, he said it's a bit of a paradox, but an outwardly focused church ultimately creates the healthiest insiders. Because when God's people just get focused, hey, let's just do more, let's learn more, let's just do more Bible studies, let's just hang out together, we, we get disconnected from a spiritually lost world. And what happens is, is, is we start, it starts to develop all kinds of pride and about who we are and our religion and we get real judgmental and it's like all these things that we do. And, and it's like, man, this is all super important, but, but man, what's happening out there when Jesus came? He's like, it didn't come for the healthy, it came for the sick. That's who needs a doctor. I came to seek and save the lost. And in my prayer life, if I don't reflect that, then I'm gonna get away from the heart of Jesus. So if I want my prayers to be aligned with what Jesus prayed for, your kingdom come. I'm praying for what matters to you. So, so, so praying, here's what I'm trying to say. Praying makes a difference. Praying for others makes a difference in their life, but praying for others will make a difference in your life. It will actually impact your prayer life. It will break you out of some things and, and bring some more into your life. And Now, I, I just like this, that they tore a hole through a roof to get to Jesus. What does that kind of faith even look like? Just tearing a hole through a roof. To, like, I want more of that. I want more of this hunger for Jesus, this more of like, Jesus, whatever it takes to, to bring people to you, Jesus, I want to bring my people to you in prayer. Not just casual, you know, bless, bless, bless them, bless. No, no, no. I, I want to bring them in. God, here's what's going on in their life, and I'm asking you to just be a part of that and, and show me how I can help. And, and Easter's coming. You know, Easter's coming in a couple of weeks, and one of the most impacting spiritually times all year, and, 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 I, and I hope that you will fight to get your friends and family here to hear the message of Jesus that can change their eternity. But you're going to have to fight for something like that in prayer first, and you're going to have to take a step in action and invite them. And this, These guys tore a hole through a roof because they love that guy so much. How much do I love the people in my life that don't know Jesus yet? Am I willing to do whatever it takes? But not only do I want to bring my, my people, I hope you wrote that down, but I want to bring my problems. They brought, they brought the, this guy's problems before Jesus. I knew someone who was posting all these incredible highlights on Instagram, and 
of their life and all kinds of things, and then it kind of went dark for a while. And I knew personally what most people probably didn't know in their life is they're going through a really dark time. It's bad. And uh, a lot of bad things happening, uh, going on. And, but none of that went online, you know. And, and I was kind of thinking about it later. And I was like, you know what, like n- most people didn't know about what was happening in that dark season. They just thought it was a break from the beauty that they normally saw all these great things that this person's got going on in their life. And, and, and they never realized that, man, there's all kinds of really, really hard stuff going on underneath that. And I thought, well, it's interesting. Most people... They won't go with you into your pain. Most people aren't there. I mean, you have some, and thank God for that. That's why you need the people. But most people in your life won't be with you in those darkest moments. Um, they, they want your highlights. They want the good things happening. They want to be around you to celebrate the wins. But, but what about the losses? And, and, and I love Jesus that, that he's, with me in the, he's with me in the darkest moments. He, he's, he's with you in the hardest days. He's with you and no one else is there and he, he's holding you up. And so in prayer, I, I wanna bring my problems to him. And, and, and maybe, maybe you wanna put that on a list. A lot of times it's spontaneous and saying, here's all the issues in my life, but I like writing my problems down and bringing them before God occasionally. Again, I don't do that every single day, but I've, I've done it consistently for years. And now it's not a prayer list. You might call it a prayer list when you start, but it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a prayer list for me. When I look at my, because I keep the ones that I used to pray for or two on there. It's just you can just scroll down and see them all. And, and for me now, it's a resolved problems list because I brought my problems to Jesus and it was a prayer list, but now I can look back and it's an answered prayer list. It's problems I used to have and things that Jesus has done in my life, mountains that have been moved. And no, they didn't all get moved how I wanted them to and in the timing I wanted to and there's still things I'm praying for. But, but listen, I can look back and say, well, God did this and, and that wouldn't happen without God. And I'm just saying, are you bringing your problems to God? Because that is a part of my prayer life, not just asking for things, but God, here's, here's the brokenness in my life and in, in my heart and in my situation. I need your help. I feel surrounded. I feel surrounded. But God, ultimately, I know I'm surrounded by you. And then third, I want to bring my praise. So my people, my problems, and I want to also bring my praise. Now, now, praise is different than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I'm thanking God for something that he's done. But in my praise, I'm thanking him for who he is. I'm saying, Jesus, you're, you're amazing in who you are. You're incredible. Like, thank you for who you are, not just what you've done. And this is so good for my soul and so good for my prayer life. And, and it's an important pattern that believers have always been doing and they always will be doing into eternity is praising Jesus. And, and, and God has created this, this rhythm in our lives. The Bible calls it Sabbath, where one day out of seven, we break from our work to worship to praise. Now we praise all week long, but there's like this pinnacle moment of praise. And that's what most of us are doing here today. We've been working six days. We've been busy and running around doing things. But on this day, we're, we're breaking from whatever you normally do. We're shutting it down, turning it off, unplugging, disconnected. So we can start our day, especially worshiping him in a spectacular way. And then all throughout the day, we're resting. And listen, if you want your family life to be better, you want your soul to be better, you will get more done in six days if you rest on the seventh than if you work. I don't have time, Brandon, for a day. You don't have time not to because if you're going seven days a week, I guarantee you are not effective as you could be all those seven days. But you rest, you worship the Lord, and then those other six, you bring in more of you into your family, into your career, and everything else you got going. You don't have time not to do that. In fact, I've noticed that after doing this for a lot of years now that, that on that seventh day, there's been a lot of ideas that have come. There's been growth in my life that has come on that seventh day. When I, when I, when I pull off that gas pedal, and I hit that break, I've noticed it's in those moments that my relationships formed with God in a special way. You, you can't build a relationship in a sprint, not in the way it needs to be. You have to sometimes pull back, and I, and I think that's a God-given thing. In fact, we challenge all of you at the beginning of this year to join the Under 7 Club. 
miss less than seven Sundays out of the 52 this year. Some of you are doing that and you're seeing God grow you in such amazing ways because you said, I'm making this a discipline. And if you're new to our church, some of you are, you can join us in that. Like throughout this year, I'm just gonna make it a priority. I'm gonna rest on that day and I'm gonna worship and I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna let God pour into my life and so I can receive and then go be a blessing to others. There's more we could talk about here. We could talk about praying scripture, you know, and praying through who, who he is and what he's done throughout history. Now you look at Acts 7, Stephen, before he was uh, executed for his faith, he gave a, just this history of all the things that, that Jesus, that God has done throughout history. There's so much we could talk about praying the Psalms, and, but we, we don't have time for all that. But what I would just like to say is man, you, worship him. I mean, you might just need to go out and get some worship music. Maybe that's your takeaway today. I'm going to go get some Hillsong or some Elevation or some, you know, uh, Passion or something. I'm going to get some of these great worship albums on, on my phone or in my vehicle. And on the way to work, I'm going to make it a worship concert. You know, listen, don't, don't be that guy that's on the way to work, got your, your head down on the steering wheel like, I hate my life. <laughs> you, you've seen him at the red light. Have you seen this guy? I've seen him. I've seen him and her all, all the time. Like, they're just on their commute. Like, they got their head down. Like, they're tired. They're beaten up by life. They're like, I hate my life. You can just see it through their windshield. They're not saying a word, but their body language speaks it. Don't be that guy. Be the person. If you ever seen the dude rocking out in the vehicle, you pull up the light, and you, know, you don't always listen to it. You can kind of hear a little bit of it, but he's, just, he's jamming. He's headbanging. He's playing the drums. He don't know how to play drums. He's got no rhythm, but he's playing drums on the steering wheel. Be that guy. Like, you get your worship music going on the way to work. I'm going to begin this day with worship, with praise. I'm going to fill my life with praise. So bring your, bring your praise. Someone needs to make a meme on that, the difference between this guy. Like the, we need to make a meme on that. Hashtag Jesus changes everything, right? This is how it could be. This is how it, I'm just saying. Well, this last uh, lesson in your notes is so important and it's so vital, and, and I want to share it to you in the context of Matthew chapter 7. I can read Jesus' words here. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a steak? If then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So he wants you to ask. He wants you to bring your problems. Here it is in your notes. God desires honest asking. He wants you to honestly ask him. That's part of it, too, is ask him for what's on your heart and surrendered receiving. That's the other part of that, that lesson, by the way. Don't just write down half of it. Maybe you want to circle and. God desires honest asking and surrendered receiving. I have, to res I have to surrender and stay surrendered to him. Ask what I need to, but stay surrendered. Stay surrendered to him. What if I'm, what if I'm fighting my battles, but, but I'm fighting them in prayer for things that God doesn't want me to have? What if he gave me this thing I'm, I'm praying for, but that thing would make me less dependent on him? So that's why I have to stay surrendered because I might be asking for something that if God were to give it to me would actually push me away from him because I'm, oh, I want this and, and I'm made to worship. So what if I start worshiping that instead of him? Sometimes he's got a different time frame, timeline than us. Maybe he wants to do this thing in your life that you're praying about, but what if the timeline is it's different than what you're imagining, but it's better? Because God's got a different vantage point than you. He can see things different. So, you know, the best part of when you're waiting for a meal is, is that conversation that happens while something good is being cooked up in the kitchen. And you just have to trust that there's a, there's a heavenly chef who is preparing a banquet for you in your life. If you follow him, he wants to do immeasurably more in your life. And you just have to trust while you're waiting that he's, he's up to something and it's gonna be really good. But while you wait, enjoy that connection with him and, and, and honestly ask him, but stay surrendered in your receiving because in the end, we trust him. We trust him. And so here it is in your notes. You got a, a blank there at the bottom. And, and, and this is, I'm, I'm not gonna give you this blank. You gotta fill this one in. What do you want to add to your prayer life? 
we're talking about variety and, and enriching our prayer life, making things different. What is it that you need to add? What is it you need to change so that you have a more rich connection with the Father? I, I hope that you'll do that. I hope that as you leave here that you, you will find a, a strength in your prayer life that you've never had before and this sweetness in your connection with your Father. Right on. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.